Welcome to Crossroads of Culture and Christianity. I am your host, Jacob Jellison, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Hof. Today, we're going to do a couple of things. Uh, we want to spend some time going through the book of Second Peter and talking about how the writer of Second Peter, Peter himself, gives us the keys as well, just as the Hebrews writer did, to retaining our salvation. And so we're going to look at some keys in that book as well that lead us that direction. But first, before we do that, um, we felt like it was important and necessary for us to just kind of go through and thank our listeners that have reached out to us for their kind and encouraging words. It's hard to believe, but January will be the two-year mark since we started this podcast. Now, Brother Hope and I had been, it had been in the works for well over a year prior to that. We just had, we lacked the resources and the time and the ability to get it going until January, uh, almost two years ago. And so since that time, we've had several people reach out to us and, uh, and encourage us and, and let us know how much the podcast has helped them. And so we, we, we wanted to say thank you very much because that really does mean a lot to us. Um, one, one person said that they had found our podcast and they described it as an awesome resource that's being provided. And they appreciated that we were putting this together in the time that we spent doing it. Uh, and, and they wanted to thank us for sharing what we have learned with, with others. Uh, we also had a person write into us, and this has been several months ago, that said, that his spouse and and him appreciate our podcast. Uh, they've had many discussions together and learned a great deal while listening to it. And they've had they've had a few questions and and conversations as a result. We've also in other places, um, such as reviews on Apple, we've had several different people that have even commented on it that way. And we certainly appreciate it. Um, one person wrote that we break down deep theological concepts in a more easily understandable package. And they loved that. Um, very relevant for our day. There were some that said they loved the dependence on the text. Um, and, and just on and on, there were several different ones that, that reached out to us that way and wrote about it. And we, we, we just want to say how much we certainly appreciate the encouragement because we do this for the sake of trying to offer resource that others can use um, from our times of study and different things like that, that can be beneficial to the growth of someone else. And that's, that's our job. That's our, that's our calling. And that's our, our desire and our passion is to help others grow in their knowledge and understanding of, of the word of God. And we're doing that ourselves. You know, sure. it's not like we know everything, you know, we haven't arrived that's, that's not at all the picture that we hope to portray. Uh, we're still learning as we go as well. But if we can help others glean from things that we have studied, then, then we've achieved what we want to achieve. And we certainly appreciate all the kind words. And I know some of our listeners, uh, as you've already mentioned it, it, it is encouraging to us to hear uh, the difference it makes in their lives, Brother Jellison. Um, but some of our listeners I know are, you know, Sunday school teachers, uh, whether it's a yeah. teen class or an adult class, uh, preachers, evangelists. They're just different ones that have reached out to us, and we know the, you know, the place in ministry where they're at. And for some of them uh, that have let us know, you know, they're. Uh, 
making use of it, not just in their personal lives as far as for their study and enrichment, but some of them have utilized little things that have they've picked up on the podcast, even in times when they've taught or preached. And that's encouraging to me, too, to know yeah. that our listener base isn't just, you know, those that open our podcast and listen to it directly. But if they're taking information from our podcast and if it's some in some way, uh, however big or small, in some way helps them in their ministry, then it's making a difference in even those they are reaching, you know, through their teaching and preaching. And that's encouraging. It really is yeah. to know that in some small way, the things that we're covering, the materials that we're covering make a difference. And it's hard for me to believe that. Uh, I know we were talking just before we came on here about the fact that it, we're almost, I guess, a couple months out from the two-year mark. That's hard yeah. to believe that we've been going for almost two years. And there's been a few times that, you know, maybe – I'm just trying to think back, maybe the week of Thanksgiving or Christmas. There there have been different times that, you know, we've skipped a week here or there, you know, with, with the podcast. Uh, I think this past summer, maybe, I don't remember how long it was. You might know better than I would, whether it was a month or two months or whatever it was. There was a period of time, I think, over the summer that we kind of stopped because both of us were real busy uh, with just a lot of stuff going on in the summertime. Um, and so there have been times that we've, you know, taken a slight break from it. Um, and then we've cut back in the last little bit. And instead of doing every week, we've done just every other week to try to help alleviate some of the busyness in our personal lives. And, uh, but man, we're, we're still going and we're almost right. up on the two year mark that that is hard to believe. But I guess yeah, it's it true. The calendar doesn't lie. It's it's we're almost on that two year mark. And the Lord's been good to us. And uh, there have been times that for the podcast, you know, it's it, it, there's an element, at least for me. I know you've got everything all together, Brother Jellison, and you don't, yeah, you know, right. but at least for yeah. me, there is an element of I mean, in the background, it's not like we just I, I, I mean, like we just call each other or sit down in a room together and just instantly hit the record button. You know, sometimes right. there's an element of before we go on to record, it's we're hashing out the topic ahead of time, just a little, it's not prescripted. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's real conversations we're having, but we at least have to kind of get on the same page. And so there's a little bit of hashing out, kind of like what we record before we ever start recording and uh <laughs> we just we, we have to hash things out together get on the same page and 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 then we start recording so it's like there's a little bit of pulling some things together you know making sure it's this is going to make sense you know yeah and uh it, it just so there's an element of that but if it's been beneficial to our audience it's also been beneficial to me you know because oh, it yeah. just just the the requirement for me personally to sit down and, and and try the best we can to organize it in a way where the listeners can get it, you know, and and that's no no slight or looking down on them, but 
I've told students this before. Uh, I've told people here at the church before. Sometimes things make sense in my little head. And the way I get them out, by the time I say something, it doesn't always, you know, make all that much sense, whatever I say. So there's a, a an organizing and trying to get across how can we say what we want to say in a way people can get it, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> and and right. so there's there's a little time element there, but it's been beneficial to me to have to, you know, to be forced to sit down and and put these kind of topics in a format where it at least makes a little bit of sense, you know, as small as that is, yeah. at least it makes some amount of sense and somebody can try to grasp it, you know, and, and that's been beneficial yeah. for me, but it's, it has been a good journey, but the Lord's been good to us, kept his hand on us. And it has been encouraging to hear, as you said, from different listeners who have, have mentioned to us, you know, the blessing it's been to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two, it's, you know, we're definitely not as far as I'm concerned, and I, I think you're on board with this too, you know, we're, we're planning on to go on with this as long as we can, sure, and as long as the Lord allows. And and even in the future, my, my dream is, and I've uh, expressed this to brother Hope as well. And I've, I've got this stuff to do it. It's just the time is the, is the issue. But uh, my dream is to eventually go to video, you know, offer this video as well, not just doing audio. Um, but uh, that's that's something maybe in the future we're going to do, and then also in the future once our schedules, if if they do, slow back down, which hopefully they will, you know maybe we could even go back to doing once a week. But we are doing the the twi- or the once every other week <clears throat> right now, just because of of the busyness in the background. Because sure. not only you know podcasting is not our full time job by any means. That's a side thing that we do. You know we're. Brother Hof is a pastor and also a student right now and has a family and works a full-time job. I also work a full-time job, have a family. I'm a student. And uh, so podcasting is not our job. That's just kind of a side thing. And so we have a a bunch of other responsibilities. And so we do this as we can just because we, we, truth be told, we do enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy this. Um, I enjoy it for several reasons. I enjoy the fact that we're helping people, but I also enjoy the fact that you know, I'm forced to dig in and, and I've benefited, like you said, greatly from, from doing this too, because sure. I, it sharpened my knowledge and, and bouncing ideas off of you and, and our discussions have really helped me to better, to better understand things as well, you know? And so I, I've really enjoyed myself too. And and, and, and like you said, go, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I looked it up on our, <clears throat> our first episode was published on January 10th of 2022, according to apple podcast so okay yep it's almost two years man that's it's hard wow to believe. but then there's also the element and and this is helpful and encouraging to me too but whenever listeners do because we've had different times that listeners have asked questions you know put a question forth to us and uh we don't depending on the question i mean there are times that it's a quick short answer there are some I think cases where we may have in the past dedicated an entire podcast episode to a particular question, you know? Yeah, we have. Um, and, but even the listener's question, sometimes that drives us to dig into something. Sometimes it's something we've already dug into and explored. And other times it's a new area for both of us to, yeah. maybe we've not uh, structured completely an answer to that particular question and it gives us a chance to think about it and 
have to formulate an answer and try to put something together that that is biblically based and sound and yeah. and so even that has helped you know there there's the like you said bouncing things off each other having to sit down put it in a a a a package of sorts that can be grasped and make sense and can be followed and then also the listeners questions you know that also has created an interesting aspect for me you know being able being forced to answer it in a way that a listener can hopefully understand the answer to a particular question you know that's been helpful as well so yeah yeah well we've been we've been talking the last few episodes and i don't know how long we need to spend on this particular episode um as far as time aspect it's a short book we'd probably discuss today uh we talked about discussing second peter i highly doubt we'll do the same thing we did with Hebrews in and what we're doing today in second Peter. I highly doubt we'll do that same thing in Galatians uh, just for sake of time. It'll probably be if our audience, you know, if there's a request and, and several want us to do it, we can, but most likely we'll stop on this particular topic uh, with second Peter. Um, So one of the things, um, that we've been talking a lot about the last few episodes is the idea that it's actually possible for a believer to be genuinely saved, uh, genuinely washed in the blood, born again, a child of God. I'm, I'm not talking about just they're putting on a show, they're going through the motions. I'm talking about the genuine work of salvation has taken place in their life and they've got a wonderful relationship with Christ and, and it's possible for them to be in that place and then actually completely lose out and be lost for eternity. Uh, and, and for me and you, brother Jellison, the, the theological mindset that and frame of mind that we come to. And after reading scripture, it's just, we've come to the place where, we feel that scripture teaches it's actually possible to have a genuine experience with God completely saved uh, yeah. and then backslide, go backwards uh, and walk away from it all and lose out entirely to where we're lost for eternity. That actually seems biblically to be a very real possibility and not just a real possibility but it seems some have actually done that and and we've been digging into some places and we've just kind of stuck with whole books at a time we covered in one episode a few weeks ago we covered the book of hebrews i think that might have been where we started if i remember right but i know we dealt with hebrews at one point and we just looked at a bunch of passages in hebrews where it looks like real, genuinely saved people can actually lose out with God in the end. Uh, we looked at Second Peter, and same thing. There, throughout Second Peter, different passages, and that was on a previous episode. But where it looks like from Second Peter, several places where you can genuinely know God and then actually lose out in the end and be lost for eternity. 
places in Galatians where it looks like, and we did an episode over that book. And we could keep going and looking. There are other books, other passages as well uh, in Scripture where it looks like one can genuinely have a real encounter and salvation experience in the Lord and then just be lost for eternity. And uh, right. but we we just stuck. We did Hebrews, Second Peter, then Galatians. Then we went backwards through all those books again, or started to. We did Hebrews last time, where we said, "Okay, if it is possible to backslide, what is the answer? How do you not backslide?" And not only does Hebrews have passages that show you it's possible to backslide, but it also has a bunch of passages that show you. Okay, here's what you need to do. If you don't want to backslide, here's what you need to do. And and the solution for the problem is right there in the text. And now we want to look at the same thing with 2 Peter. Uh, and again, I, I highly doubt we're going to do this with Galatians. Brother Jellison, you and I have talked. We would like to take uh, and, and not stretch it out at length, but maybe take one episode where we interact with the other side, because there is another viewpoint. There are yeah. those who would say it's not possible to backslide after you're genuinely saved. Uh, and so I just, there's in, there's no particular resource that we have to use to interact with, but I have a book on my shelf uh, that we've talked about interacting with. Um, and it's actually entitled the cross and salvation, the doctrine of salvation, uh, and the author is a man named Bruce Demarest. Uh, it, it's a tremendous book. I mean, it's it's going to delve into some deep material, lay out the doctrine of salvation for you. Uh, but in this book, and it's actually a whole series of books called The Foundations of Evangelical Theology, and uh, th- they get into some deep philosophical and theological discussions in these books. Uh, and in this particular one, the Doctor of Salvation, they have a section where they talk about this same topic that we've been going through as to whether it's possible for a believer, a genuine believer, to backslide. But they take the other view. Uh, and so we may, we've talked about interacting with that maybe on the next episode. And then we'll probably move out of this topic that we're on. But today we want to focus on Second Peter. So we've already covered the passages where it it's possible to backslide. But now, now let's look at those passages because Second Peter, just like Hebrews, Second Peter has the solution built right into the text. It doesn't just tell you the danger, but it also tells you, here's how you don't backslide. You don't want to backslide. Here's what you need to do so that you don't lose out with God. And the answer's right there in the text. So we're going to real quick in just a few minutes delve into some of these, look at a few quick things that give us, here's what we need to do if we don't want to lose out with God. Right. The first place that we were going to go to is obviously the first chapter. And there's a section in the first chapter, verses 3 through 12, and we're going to probably skip through this um, just for sake of time. But as he begins in verse number three, Peter is writing and he says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So right from the very beginning of that section, he says that his divine power has given us everything that's necessary that pertains to life and godliness. Right. So living a life that is dedicated to God, a life that is consistent with the principles and the precepts that God has given, he's given us everything that is necessary to be able to do that. Right. And he, he, he goes on and he says this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the, the corruption that is in the world through lust. And he goes through this list of, of things that Christians ought to have uh, present in their life and that they ought to add to their faith. Um, and then he says in verse number 10, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. So all of that list of things, he says, add to your virtue, or I'm sorry, add to your faith, um, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, which is self-control, temperance, patience, uh, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. And he says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. And then he says, wherefore, rather, Brethren, make, give your diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, what things? Well, that list that we just went through, he's very clear. Those are the things that he's talking about. And he says, if you do those things, ye shall never fall. So there is a responsibility upon the Christian. There's a responsibility upon the reader of this of this, this uh, epistle that there are some things that they must make sure are evident in their lives, things that they're practicing, things that they're adding to their faith if they want to keep from falling. Because he says there's a contingency there. And I think we brought this out last episode. If you do these things, ye shall never fall, which leads us to the logical conclusion that a neglect of these things can cause you uh, to fall. And so it's, it's important, and he's making that point, it's important to make sure that these things are being cultivated in your life. Right. And the... The the big point there on all those things being cultivated, it's growth. You're growing. Right. You're growing. And that's a huge thing when people fall away from the Lord. And it's not just they, you know, well, they were trying their best and they accidentally fell away from the Lord. They, they walk away from it. Usually what happens, but there is a drifting. There's something that can be sometimes a slowness about it. It doesn't always happen overnight when people walk away from God, but sometimes there is a slow aspect to their walking away from God, a drifting about it. Like we talked about in the book of Hebrews, I think last time, but here the solution is to grow, grow. And as long as we are growing, that is one of the things, one of the things that we've got to learn is we have to grow. And if I'm not moving forward and I'm not growing in the things of God, then I'm a very in, in a very serious place and in a very real way, I'm a candidate for losing out with God for eternity. I don't want that. I can't afford that. I have to make it. And so so growing is a huge deal. In Second Peter, you you don't want to backslide. Make sure you're growing, uh, and right. and we might would you know sometimes turning things into the form of a question is helpful. Um, so if our audience were to say, "Man, we don't want 
to backslide. Some young person comes forward and says, I don't want to backslide. What do I need to do? Uh, Sometimes I need to turn to them. And let's put it in the form of a question. What areas in your spiritual life, what areas are you growing in? And, And now that forces me to stop and think about my spiritual life. Um, and what areas am I growing in? Because there's got growth is is huge and important. Uh, and later on, and I know we'll get there, but the very I think it might be the very last or the next to last verse entirely in this epistle that talks about but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there there again at the very close of the book, just like in this first chapter, at the very close of it, there's this emphasis on growing, adding to, growing in the things of the Lord. And and that becomes important. It's not enough to say 10 years ago I prayed and to be saved. It's well what areas are you growing in today? And that's important no matter whether we've been saved two, three years, a year, less than a year, or whether we've been saved 20 years. What areas am I growing in in the Lord? I should be able, if I'm asked the question, I should be able to pinpoint some area where I'm growing in the things of God. And and if there's nowhere where I'm growing, and if I've become stagnant in just I'm just coasting, just going through the motions. I'm in an area where if I'm not careful, I can begin to back up on God and on the things of God. And that's a dangerous move to make. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily, again, mean I'm lost overnight and I've lost out with God overnight. But But I put myself in a place that if I stay there long, that's not a safe place to be spiritually. I need to be yeah. constantly striving and pressing forward and growing in in my relationship with God? Am I growing in my prayer life? And and these are just some basic areas. So those are some spiritual disciplines talking about your prayer life. Here in this particular list, am I growing in 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 faith? Am I growing in virtue? Am I growing in godliness? Am I becoming more and more like God? Am I growing in brotherly kindness? Am I treating and sometimes it's like we don't think about these things. I need to be growing in that, you know, adding and growing. And and sometimes we fail to think about the idea of growing. It's like, well, God worked on me here and we just, we're, we're done. We just live life now. No, there's a constant growing in the things of God that ought to take place. That's absolutely right. And that's, that's a key point that needs to be made um, is that growth is the, growth is the, should be the goal of every Christian, you know. In fact, and I, I don't want to get too far off on this point, but back in his first epistle, Peter makes that point clear. He's talking about, uh, in First Peter chapter number two, he's talking about growing. And he says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so the, the that's the principles of, of the word of God, the basic things of God's word, but they're to produce growth. And growth is to cause you to go into deeper things in the word of God. And so it's not anybody that's not growing is stagnating. Their, 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 their growth is obviously stunted. And so they're not, um, moving forward. They're not reaching toward the goal. And the only other option behind that is to fall away. Right. And so 
And so it is important for growth. The second thing that Peter encourages the readers to do in uh, chapter one and in chapter three, he does this both in uh, second Peter verses 12 through 15 is he is constantly reminding them of, of the truth that they know. In fact, in just this section alone, he talks about him putting them in remembrance, uh, verse 12, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. And then in verse 13, yea, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle. So as long as he's alive to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle. So he's talking about this is he's, he's looking toward death even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. And then in verse 15, he says, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. What's he talking about? Well, we just established this, these things that he went through, the truths of God's word, um, the things that are supposed to be causing their growth. He wants to make sure that they're always being reminded of these things and they're always remembering these things because it's when you forget these principles of God's word is when you right. start to cool off and fall away. That's right. In verse one of chapter three, he says, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Uh, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord, of the Lord and Savior. Um, and so he's he's trying to remind them of the truths that they know. These are not things that they're not familiar with. These are truths that they know. And by forgetting those things, by laying those things aside, and by putting a failing to put a premium on them, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for falling away from them and, and disregarding them. That's true. That's very true. And and the idea of reminding and remembrance, I think sometimes we put too little uh, focus and appreciation on this. Sometimes if a preacher or a teacher gets up and begins to preach or teach something, if we're not careful, we tend to have, you know, if he's preaching or teaching something and in our minds we think, man, we know this, you know. If we're not careful, we just kind of shrug it off. And it's, right. I'm waiting for someone to get up that can, you know, tell me something I don't know. Teach me something new, you know. And that is actually, as much as I want to learn and, and learn new things, if, if there's more truth to be learned, I want to learn it, okay? So yeah. I'm not against learning new things. If there's deeper truths, things I need to know more, know better, and more out there to learn, it's I want to know the truth. But the mentality yeah. that says, oh, I've already heard that, so I just want to move on to something. It's the moving on to something else that's dangerous. You know, It's not wanting more and more truth that's dangerous. It's the moving away from what we've already heard. That's what's dangerous. And, and the mentality that when a preacher or a teacher gets up and it's, man, I've already heard that, and we just kind of shrug it off, it's like, no, we actually need to be reminded and put in remembrance of things. And you're exactly right, Brother Jellison. When I start looking through this passage in Second Peter, there's this um, uh, uh, over and over, when you see the same words showing up over and over again, it, it clues you in that, okay, this is probably important. I probably should try yeah. to understand this, whatever's going on here in this. And so when I start reading things like in 2 Peter 1.15 that you already read, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. 
it's just interesting to me that before I ever get to that verse, in verse 8, for if these things be in you, and we just right. got through with that list of faith and virtue and knowledge and temperance, and all those things, godliness, all those things that we need to be adding to and making sure we're growing and keeping, and, and if there's an area in there where we fall short, we're growing in that area and adding it to our character. And these things, that's what he's talking about. If they're in you, we'll, we'll be fruitful in the knowledge of Christ. But then he says in verse 9, but he that lacketh these things, there's that again. These things are important. What is it? It's all those virtues that can be in our life and our character. Um, and the one that lacks them, blind, can't see, if, forgets. That he's, there's the idea of forgets. He has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Uh, and then in verse 10, it says, if we'll make our diligence, give diligence to make our calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Over and over again, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, we've got these things in those verses. What are those things? Uh, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, you know, those are the things he's talking about. And so then yeah. when we get all the way down to the verse you read, and verse 12 again starts it, and verse 15 ends it. Verse 12, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things. There we go again. He's going to put them in remembrance of these things. What things? Faith, knowledge, temperance, all those things that can be added to our character. Right. And then in verse 15, so verse 12, he begins the part about I want to put you in remembrance. What am I putting you in remembrance of? These things, faith, knowledge, temper, virtue, all those things. And then in verse 15, he closes out the idea um, that after his decease, when Peter is gone, he wants them to have these things always in remembrance. And so these things keep pointing back, harking back to that list of things that we're adding to constantly and growing in those areas, if there's an area we fall short in, we grow and add those areas to our character. And and so it's those things that we're in remembrance of. And often when you hear a basic message on something like, I mean, let's just pick one. We could pick any one of them, but let's pick, pick brotherly kindness. It's like, man, I know we're supposed to be have brotherly kindness. I know that. It's like, I, uh, preach something I don't know. Preach something I need. It's like, even if we're doing good in the area of brotherly kindness, we have to keep these things in remembrance. And it's when we fail to think often on these things that if we're not careful, we little by little back up. And by the time you realize you've backed up, sometimes we're a long ways off from the mark and we're in a dangerous place spiritually. And so grow, grow. And then you're exactly right. Remember. And that's the goal of the ministry. Sometimes we think part of the goal, and maybe it's a part, but sometimes we think, well, the pastor, or the teacher, they ought to be able to show me something I've never seen before. And and there will be those times that we preach or teach things, Brother Jellison, and people in the congregation say, wow, I've never seen that before. That'll happen. But more times yeah. than not, our congregations need to be reminded of the things that are really basic that they already know. But if we don't keep them forefront in their mind, they're walking through this present evil world. Is they're they're gonna 
they're going to drift. They're going to drift. They need to be reminded and they need to get to the place where when we're not present, like Peter says after his decease, where when we're not present, we've so trained their minds to constantly think about these things that even when we're gone, they're constantly thinking about these things and growing in them and adding to their character, even when I'm not there with them. And so that's something that the the idea that we have that, well, I just want something new. Tell me something I don't know. That's not going to work. We're not going to get very far. Somehow we've got to get really grounded in these areas we need to grow in. Well, I think too, Peter is making that point. And, it, and all this ties together. That's one of the fascinating things about these these epistles. I think Peter's making that point because even if he's not around, he wants them to remember those things and be so familiar with those things that, which feeds into our next area that we're going to go into that when false prophets and teachers arise, yeah, they can't be led astray. That's right. Well, and that's, that's the thing is like, if, if you don't know these simple truths, if they're not, if you're not reminded of them or you're, you fail to remember them, then it's easy for you to be, uh, as one writer said, blown, uh, blown about by every wind of doctrine. I think that was Paul talks about in the, that yeah. in Ephesians chapter four, I think it is, um, being blown about by every wind of doctrine. And if you're not, if you're not reminded of these things and you're not remembering these things, and that's why Peter goes in, he says, he talks about being aware, being aware of false prophets and teachers. Um, and then in verse ch- uh, 17 of chapter three, he makes this statement here. He says, uh, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Uh, see, did you notice? I mean, I know that, that this has been added for better understanding, and that's why it's italicized. But did you notice that f- those two words there in verse 17? Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Yeah. So Peter's... He's telling them, he's like, these are the the things that I'm reminding you of, the things that I've taught you, the things that you've learned from the apostles, all these things that you are to cultivate for growth. Remember these things, because if you do that, if you're, if you're diligent to remember these things, you're not going to be led away by the error of false teachers. You're not going to be led away by the error of false prophets. That's, that's the whole, that's the big picture right there. Be careful to remember the things I've taught you. Be careful to remember the things you know. And and if we get to the point, like you said, Brother Hof, where we're just, we're just, well, okay, that's it. We've heard that a million times, preacher, move on to something else. Um, if we we look at those things with such, uh, with such, I, I don't know what the proper word would be, just irrelevance to us, you know, because we've heard yeah. it so many times, we don't need to hear it again. If we, if we look at it from that perspective, then we are forgetting the, the, the importance of those things. And it's a lot easier when you forget those truths to be led away by false teachers. And I think that's what Peter is. That's the reason why Peter is saying, I'm trying to stir this up in your mind. I'm trying to cause you to remember, you need to make sure that you're, that you're grasping these things and you're holding them tight because they are, they are vitally important to the security of your soul. Right, right. And when he tells us about the false teachers, and and he'll do that, man, uh, the bulk of chapter two, he focuses heavily on the idea of these false teachers and prophets that come. I mean, it's just verse after verse. I'm not going to read all of chapter two, but verse after verse, he focuses on their coming. Um, chapter three, 
the beginning of it, he focuses heavily on the idea of them. And then he doesn't just focus in chapter two and the beginning of chapter three on the fact that there will be false teachers and false prophets, but he also, there's quite an emphasis on their judgment as well on us knowing, not just knowing that there will be false teachers and false prophets, but on also us knowing that God will actually judge them there. They, they don't get, they don't walk off free. God, there's going to be, judgment poured out upon them and the kind of judgment he compares it to man he goes back to that earth that was flooded in noah's day he goes back to sodom and gomorrah i mean he's looking at serious judgment from god and it's and and this is what the false teachers and prophets are going to incur for themselves is divine judgment poured out upon them and Peter wants us to know not just that false teachers and prophets are coming, but that they're also going to face judgment. And if I choose to follow them in their dangerous doctrines, and, and Peter is convinced that their doctrines are dangerous in chapter 2, verse 1, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. They're bringing in some dangerous, dangerous doctrine doctrines that can, and and this isn't just a cuss word or a swear word, but literally doctrines that can damn people's soul, can take their right. soul to, to eternal judgment and punishment. These are dangerous doctrines. The doctrine that says you prayed 20 years ago, you're saved, doesn't matter how you live, that is a dangerous, dangerous doctrine. And, and honestly, he talks about these false teachers and false prophets that come, and, and they're going to be judged. And Peter's audience needs to know about that. And listen, when people rise up and they begin to promote ideas and tell you, man, the things God's dealt with you about and the things you've seen in his word, that doesn't matter. Look, just rest in the grace of God. There's another way you can make it. Be careful just listening to others because you'll find yourself in dangerous ground and be aware that every false teacher and every false prophet is going to find themselves staring the judgment of God right in the face. They will. And and another thing I ought to mention while we're on this topic, Brother Jellison, of false teachers and false prophets, there is a, uh, what do I want to say, a push to let's just all get along uh, in, yeah. in, in church circles. Some church circles have that push. Let's just all get along and and let's not create any ripples. Let's not rock the boat. Let's just let's just all get along together. And in some places they want to literally, literally tear down every type of line or barrier um that prohibits close fellowship and let's just all have really close fellowship together. You know, let's get everybody together in the same big boat and we'll have a good time, be a big, happy family. And that's just not, that's not the right approach at all. And I'm not saying we have to be divisive. Okay. I'm not saying we have to be rude and mean spirited or anything like that, but it is true that, it, it there are false teachers and false prophets, and sometimes that mentality of 
let's just all get together with anybody who claims to be serving the Lord. Sometimes that mentality just takes a big paintbrush and wipes away any idea of a false teacher or false prophet anywhere around. It's like, but no, there are false teachers and false prophets. In the last day, there would be many of them, antichrists who come forth. And those aren't all on the outside of the church, by the way. Some of those are on the inside of the church. And so it's, it's a serious thing when people start preaching or teaching doctrines, even pertaining to basic practical Christian living, when they start teaching another way, that's a serious thing. And uh, so we have to be aware of that. That's absolutely right. Um, just for sake of time, we're going to move on here and uh, and go through these last uh, few verses that we have. The The next thing that Peter does is he reminds them, hey, there's a day of the Lord coming. There's a time coming when Jesus is going to return. Um, but then there's also a time coming when uh, the earthly things shall be dissolved in the latter days. Um, and so he says there may be a, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, in, in chapter 3, verse number 2. And then in 11 through uh, 13, he says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's so it. What should your behavior look like, knowing that all of these things, these earthly things are going to pass away? And he says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein we dwelleth righteousness. Right. So those of us that are living according to the words of God, you know, we know that there's a time coming when the earth is going to be dissolved, but we're looking for him. We're looking for his coming. We're looking for this new heavens and a new earth where we're in dwelleth righteousness. And so because we know that our behavior should be conducive to godliness, it should be, it should be, we should conduct ourselves in a way that indicates that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price and we belong to God. And so Peter's making that point, looking toward those things. And man, when you, I'll just slip this in brother Jellison, you can, you can back up real quick from it if you have to, but I'll just, I'm just going to slip this in here. Um, when you look at the things that are going on in our world, I cannot tell you, I, I can't put a date and a time on it. All I'll say is the stage is set for the coming of the Lord like never before. Oh, yeah. And and at the same time, the stage is set for the coming of the Lord like never before. Um, at the same very same time, you have different ones that sometimes will say things like, yeah, I, I don't think the Lord will come back in my lifetime, you know? Right. And this this pushing off and pushing back and pushing further away the coming of the Lord, that's a dangerous approach. Oh, yeah. No, really. I think it is. Yeah. The idea that you're going to say, no, it couldn't happen anytime soon. It's a foolish approach, too. An ignorant and un- scripturally ignorant and unlearned position to hold, to push off the coming of the Lord and the judgment that's to follow. And and when you look at this Second Peter 3, 12, looking for hasting unto the coming of the day of God, it's like, 
these things, we don't just push them off and say, oh, it's going to be a hundred years at least in the future before anything like that could happen. It, it could happen just soon. And, yeah. and you need to be aware of that. And you need to be aware that that's where this world is heading. And, and that changes how we live. It does. It's supposed it should. to. It should. And it's, yeah. it's interesting for Peter seeing that all these things be dissolved. You read it already. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness. And it's, he points to this um, as the, as the means or the reason by which, because we see these things, it affects how we ought to live. And Brother Jellison, since you have reached back in other places in Scripture, maybe I'll reach out of Second Peter as well into First John chapter 3 sure. and verse 3, where John says, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he yeah. is pure. When you know what the future holds and you know the direction things are going to go, both in a good way and a bad way, a bad way for the world, a good way for those who are going to be children of God, uh, those who are children of God and who are going to be like Christ when he appears. It's like when you know those things, what's going to happen to the people of God and what's going to happen to this wicked world, it changes how you live, and to just yeah. push off what's going to come and say, it'll never happen in my lifetime, and just live a life that's really focused on this world, it's, it's a dangerous mentality. You need to keep aware in your mind the fact that Jesus is coming back. This world is going to be judged and fall under the wrath of God. False teachers and false prophets are going to be judged and consumed in the wrath of God. And those who are the children of God are going to be like him when he appears. I want to make sure I'm as far away from the false teacher and prophet as I can be and make sure I'm as much like Christ as I can be. I want to grow in those areas we've already talked about at the beginning of this episode. I want to be more and more like Christ. I've got to have my mind that direction remembering these things, focus that direction. I have to grow. I have to grow. And to, to you, listener, those of you who are listening right now, honestly, that's got to be the direction of it. Let's grow. Oh, yeah. Let's think about these things. Let's add to our character. Let's stay far away from the false prophet and false teacher and the false doctrine that they bring. And let's be more and more like Christ. And I promise you, we won't backslide if we'll do that. That's, that's right. I mean, he goes on even in verse 14, and, and we'll finish it up with these two verses, 14 and 18 of chapter 3. But he goes on in verse 14, and he, he makes this point. He says, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, this this coming of the Lord, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. How can we do that if there's no responsibility on us? He says, you be diligent that you may be found of him. Yeah. Why? Because as you said, I mean, there is a day when he's going to come back and we need to make sure, like, like you said out of first John, that we are pure as he is pure, that we're living godly, that we're found that were found of him in peace without spot, nothing in our lives that is, uh, that is inconsistent with that of godliness. 
and blameless. Nothing in us that 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 can be that can be pointed to. And you have blame here. You have things that are not consistent. And how do we do that? Well, I mean, he says he says in verse eighteen, and this was the last verse we're going to go to. But he says, "Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." That's how we do it. That's those are the things that we are supposed to do, so that when He does come back, we can be found blameless, we can be found spotless, and we can be found of Him because we purified ourselves and we're striving to live as He is. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I really jealous of the hour, the days in which we're living, and uh, I know there's all kinds of ideas that people have about what. You know, you can look not just in Christianity, but you can look in the Islamic faith, uh, the Jewish faith, and all kinds of ideas people have. We are living in the last of the last days. I believe that with all of my heart. And I also believe with all of my heart that Jesus is about to come back. This isn't the time. This isn't the time to fall away from God and drift away from God. Let's pray together. Father, right now, I ask that you would keep our hearts ready, looking for your soon return. I ask that you would keep us growing in Christ-likeness, becoming more and more like Jesus. Lord, that in all the areas of our life, not just the areas that people see, but the areas that are hidden from others, Lord, that we become just like Jesus. Let us have a dread of false doctrine, a dread of false teachers, a dread of false prophets. We don't seek to be rude and mean-spirited and arrogant or anything like that. But, Father, our souls are too precious and the souls of those around us too precious for us to allow false teachers and prophets and doctrine to be prevalent in our midst. We turn our eyes to you and we keep our minds focused upon the areas we need to grow in that we may be more and more like you and ready when you come. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to reach us with any questions, comments, any words, anything at all, you can email us at askthecrossroads at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can do that by clicking on the description of this episode, following the instructions down there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.